Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Les Talk. LES is in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're really excited to be with you guys once again. We got a really interesting show for you guys. First, we got a BYU Arizona State recap. Good game. Good, Great good game. game. Just saying, it was, it was pretty good. It was not bad. Yeah, not <laughs> terrible. We got a college football week three recap, top 25 review, our top 10, some more tomboolery regarding the college football landscape. <laughs> so let's get excited. Without further ado, let's bool. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this booler. Yeah! <laughs> let's go wild, let's man. Go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Hello folks, it's good to be with you again. This is Dan here, Danny Bradford. Um, Jared and Justin, let's get right into this BYU game because that was definitely the highlight of my weekend. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, and it started off on a very high note with the opening kickoff. <laughs> the place was already bumping. Yeah. But <laughs> from that play on. Yeah, let's see. Jared and I, we were in row, like, what, 15? 15, 15 or something? Something yeah. like that, yeah. It was already super loud. It was already going crazy. And then, boom. So the Arizona State kick returner catches the ball, and in my head, I'm thinking, just please no, please no <laughs> touchdown. And he's standing please. five yards deep, just for context. Because <laughs> I I know how athletic the ASU second and oh, secondary yeah. and backfield is, so They've I'm just like speedsters. worried, you know. And then boom, out of nowhere, Talmadge Gunther puts his helmet on the football, and the ball's out on the ten yard line. Pops yep. it out. Hayden Livingston jumps on it, recovers, and then just a couple plays later, it's like Tyler Algier. There's a linebacker, and they're one-on-one, basically Oklahoma drill. And Tyler's like, I'm not going around you. I'm going through you. (laughs) Can't go around it. (laughs) Tyler Algier ate that poor kid's lunch. He just went straight through him, lowered his shoulder. It was embarrassing. The guy got absolutely manhandled. We'll hear more from Tyler Algier later. (laughs) More about him. Yes. He had quite a game. He did, to say the least. (laughs) Leave it at that for now. He put us up (laughs) 7-0, then ASU got the ball, and drove the field and tied it 7-7. Yeah, I mean, drove the field is a little misleading. you got to remember what it was. It's like a 60-yard bomb. Yeah. There were two, <laughs> Three two massive in. chunk That's plays. That's true, yeah. Blown coverages. Was that we, like, did a blitz or something? And yeah, we did a six-man blitz. We were late rolling. Yeah. Our blitz. only six-man blitz of the game after that. We <laughs> didn't bring more than five people in the rest of the game. No bueno. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not good. Not good. Not great. And then our offense, I don't know what happened. We kind of like fell asleep or <laughs> went back into the locker room. I, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's happened before in like the beginning of games where yeah. things just aren't clicking for us. Yeah. yeah. And luckily, like, because I think we netted like negative four yards over our next three drives. Yeah, our next yep. drives were terrible. Yeah, it was bad. But luckily our defense 
was able to, you know, they did the bend not break, even though we got outgained, like, what was it, like 130 to 26 in the first quarter? Something like that, yeah, like, it was bad. we still, you know, it was still 7-7 yeah, after the end, so. Huge scoring plays. We were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Our defense really stepped up, and then somehow, like, you're just sitting there, ball's not really moving around a lot, you look up, and BYU scored two more times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Whoa, fast. What in the world? Yeah. You know, they had that absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful double reverse flea flicker. Mm. I was supposed to go to Isaac Rex. Yep. And it was covered, and I was like, oh, crap, what is he going to do? And then Gunnar Romney's just standing wide, wide open, open. In the end zone. Wide stinking open. That was I was a little cold, worried because the ball was in the air. And I was like, just get there, get there, get there. And you could see the DBs closing in. I was like, yeah. please, please, please. But he got it. Uh, did it feel the same way that you guys, like, when that ball was in the air, it felt like it was in the air for 30 seconds. Yes. It was just floating. And you could follow it. You follow the DBs running to it. But, hey, it got there. That's all that matters. Ball got there. It was a touchdown. And somehow BYU had a chance to go up 28-7. to Yes. At halftime. Yeah. But, you know, of course, you know, Jaron Hall threw that pick, which wasn't a terrible pick, to be honest. Like, after a penalty, he was trying to force the ball down the field. I get what he was thinking. Didn't really affect the game. Yeah. It was basically yeah. just like, okay, yeah, whatever. You know, half's over. So what are your guys' philosophy on that? So it's like, you know, you have the ball on the 40-yard line, so you're not quite in field goal range, but you kind of are. There's like mm-hmm. 20, 30 seconds left in the game. Are you guys going aggressive, going shots at the end zone? Are you guys just trying to get into field goal range? What, what? Like, I don't know. What are you guys' philosophies on that? Hmm, I think in the first half, personally, I would be aggressive. Especially when you're up 21-7. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Like, you don't context. need yeah. the points from a field goal in the first half when you have a comfortable lead. So you have more to gain by scoring a touchdown with you know a long passing play than you have to lose by you know throwing a pick as time expires and you know you're not really penalized for it. Mm-hmm. So that's where I stand. Yeah, I think I yeah I pretty much agree with that. Like especially because you know put yourself in Kalani Satake's shoes. Jake Oldroyd was going to start, but then mm, yeah. he didn't feel very good in <laughs> during the warmups. So your starting kicker's out. You don't really know how it's going to go with your second string kicker. Yeah, at that point, just go for it. I mean, you're up 21-7 already. Going up 24-7 isn't going to be like a huge deal, but going right. up 28-7, right. that's like massive. Yeah, That would be incredibly huge. So, yeah, I, I would have done the same thing. I would have been aggressive. I would have pushed the ball down the field. And, then, and like I said, we had lost five yards, was it? I think it was either a holding call or like – or some false start or something. I don't know. There was a penalty. It was like a procedural penalty. Yeah, we got put back five yards so Jaron Hall forced the ball down the field. And like I said, you know, just as long as it didn't, doesn't affect the game, then it's whatever. Right. Yeah, like like you guys said, I mean, an interception before the end of the half is it's really nothing, right? Yeah. It's, it doesn't cost you anything. And like Dan said, you only get three, you know, 24-7 is not, it's basically the same as 21. It's still a three-score yeah. game yeah. technically. It's so. not huge. I don't know. I'm... I'm definitely a huge fan of being aggressive because it does set a tone for the rest of the game as well. Yeah. And I'm glad they were aggressive because it feels like the past few years, BYU hasn't been aggressive. Mm-hmm. BYU's just been playing clock management ball, running the ball, trying to kick field goals, whatever. Now that they're being aggressive, both offensively and defensively, I think this team is a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. And yeah. you could see in this game, they opened up the playbook a lot more as well. Like we saw yeah. the like tweaks in the offense. We saw a lot more downfield passing in this game, yes, which, did. you know, 
didn't ex- always play into our favor, but I really liked it because we spice it up a lot more than we had against Arizona and Utah. Yeah, so 21-7 at the half, and then the third quarter begins, and kind of, again, a similar theme to previous games, where BYU just gives up these kind of multi-drive scoring runs against their opponent. So Arizona State, they scored 10 straight points Yep. in the second half, mm-hmm. and our offense you know, didn't really have any answers at that point. Mm-hmm. Kind of fell asleep again in the third quarter, and at the end of the third, it was twenty-one seventeen. Uh, yeah, I think is that right? Yeah, 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 something. Like, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it we was gave up those ten straight. We didn't score in the third, third quarter. We did not score in the third, and yeah. things were looking a little uneasy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they definitely the were. <laughs> yeah, especially when Jaron Hall almost threw a pick six. Oh, like, first of all, that was just a oh that man, that, that, play. Oh. that is the epitome of like the difference between college football and the NFL. Like yeah. mm. that is the most boneheaded yeah, play. Yeah, some Jameis Winston style. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that was a really bad. That was like directly to him. It reminded me of 2019 bad. versus Utah when mm-hmm. Zach Wilson is getting tackled and throws it right to a Utah linebacker takes yep. him for six. He right. who shall not be named. <laughs> And so as soon as Jaron threw that, I just sat down in the stands and I just put my head between my knees. I was like, dang it, this was our shot. Here we like, go. It's going to swing the momentum. <laughs> yep. I just was staring, staring at this linebacker who had intercepted it and was running down the sideline. And in my mind, I was just so sad. And I saw Tyler Algier trailing him. And I was like, oh man, like hopefully we get him at least and we hopefully can hold him to a, a field goal. Six. <laughs> and then I see Tyler Algier. Put his hand on the sh- on the inside <laughs> shoulder of this defender, and I'm like, "What the heck?" And all of a sudden, Tyler <laughs> launches up into the air, one fist high, and boom, comes down and Spartan punches the ball out of the ball carrier's hand, oh. punches the ball in bounds, and Jaron Hall recovers it. Yeah, yeah, that that's after incredible. Six, he followed the play. Tyler Algier somehow punched it out, <laughs> kept it in bounds, and then Jaron Hall dove on it. Kind of redeemed himself, but I mean, have you ever seen a play like that? I have ever? never seen anything like uh, Tyler Algier, like in the Avengers <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe like, something like that. Straight right? up, look like Thor, it's like a wrestling move or something. Usually, the the reason that play is so funny is because like you you go back and watch the replay. The reason Jaron Hall was under pressure in the first place is because Tyler Algier missed his block. Oh, Tyler Algier, I didn't even see yeah, that. Tyler Algier dives at the defensive end's legs. Defensive end just like kind of hops right over him and pressures Jaron Hall. Okay. So then Jaron Hall throws that interception, and you see Tyler Algier saying, "Oh crap! Like I, I gotta, my bad, my bad. I gotta bust it." So then he goes and he's running. He he trips, but he's he's still going. And Jaron Hall is running right behind him, but you see Jaron Hall. He gives up. He lets up a little bit, slows down, yeah. and he's like, "Oh crap! I just threw a pick six, you know. And Tyler Algier punches the ball, and because Jaron Hall gave up on the play. He was in the exact spot that the ball was punched out to. <laughs> so it was just like a miracle, a wow. blessing from on high. The football gods are on our side. Oh yes. <laughs> for what for once BYU is on the football god side. I know. Right? Like it's, it's great to be here on this side. <laughs> Heck yeah, it is, man. Yeah. The good side of the football gods. So Jaron Hall technically still hasn't thrown an interception because right, that zero. was a net zero turnover. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the one before the first half we don't count. With the ball. Yeah, and we don't exactly. count that one. Doesn't count. Net zero. Plus one, minus one. He's perfect on the year. Perfect yeah. on the year. No turnovers. No 
So what could have been a pick six for ASU and a lead for them ended up with us getting the ball back miraculously. Yeah. And then we go on a long drive, drain some clock. And do we score on that drive? Yes, we Kick did. A field goal. Uh, after the... After, after the, the oh, punt, after the, the after the no. yeah no we like we got a couple yards punted it back okay. kind of flipped the field on them yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. think that or one of the possessions afterwards is when Arizona State was down in the rocks end yeah yeah which they were on the opposite end of the field yeah and it was so beautiful to watch <laughs> as they had like four straight false starts <laughs> yeah because yeah. the rock was so loud. And the student ev- section was going crazy, man. I didn't think it could get any louder, but each false start, like, yeah. it just gave us more juice. Yep, it got louder on. and louder, man. It's so incredible. <sighs> there comes a point in sports games where you're screaming at the top of your lungs, but you can't hear yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't. You you don't hear any. Your ears are just ringing, and that's <laughs> yep. that's what it was for the full like what was it like six minutes that they had the ball down yeah. there? Yeah absolutely insane and i remember after they punted out of then me and justin just looked at each other both dripping with sweat <laughs> and we just were like wow we're tired yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was crazy that was the rock effect <laughs> yeah so they they had false starts they had a couple other penalties i think and they had like a third and 15 or 20 or something yeah, yeah. And they got the first Yep. And then they did it all over again. Got <laughs> yep. like two more false starts. <laughs> couldn't piece together any sort of drive and <laughs> fall back. It was beautiful. One of BYU's defensive linemen, Lopaleatawa, uh, he was like being interviewed after the game and he's like, it was the funniest thing watching those offensive linemen's faces because they were so mad because they couldn't hear anything. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and like we even noticed like halfway through the game, Arizona State had to adjust the way that they were snapping the ball. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Jaden Daniels giving the signal anymore. Jared and I noticed is the left guard would tap the center's shoulders. He'd okay. look back at Jaden Daniels and tap the use, shoulder, use and at that point he would snap. Yeah. yeah, sound. And yeah. the the offensive coordinator for Arizona State after the game was like, "Yeah, we had to change it because they couldn't hear him clapping. Like <laughs> yeah. right behind them, he couldn't. Just they couldn't hear him clapping." Him. <laughs> that is amazing. Man, that's the Rock really played a huge role in this game. Yeah, Arizona State hadn't played in a hostile environment all year. They didn't play in a hostile environment all last year. Yeah. So this is their first time playing against a crowd like this mm-hmm. in over a year. Two over years. two years. Yeah. yeah. So like that that must have been so crazy for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine like what it must have been like being like put yourself in Arizona State shoes, right? <laughs> you have the momentum pretty much. Yeah. You get that pick and the whole sideline's going crazy. Imagine how deflating it must have been to see Tyler Algier Spartan punch the ball out and see BYU recover the ball. First and 10, BYU gets the ball again. Grant, I'll be a six, 69 yards back from where, right. they, where they were originally. But how deflating must that have been? That, honestly, like, because it didn't immediately lead to points, but that combined with the crowd, I think that was really what flipped the game. Yeah. Because Arizona State had all the momentum in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. True that. And so let's see here. So they had that drive that ended. Um, did they punt that that drive or did they fumble it? I, I think they punted. Yeah, they punted. Our returner 
like muffed it. Yeah, but then he it. dove on it right. Yeah, covered it. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Luckily, Arizona State wasn't within a ten yard radius because he muffed it. Yeah. and didn't cover it. For like another two and a half. Seconds. <laughs> he he was, like slipped and fell over and like had to he, crawl his yeah. way back. Yeah, home. he almost made a big mess of that one. Yeah, that would have been bad. So then we got the ball and went on just a beautiful long long drive. Our O line looked like they had complete control mm. of yeah. the line of scrimmage, complete dominance. We ran the ball almost every play. Yeah, uh, every and play except for the last one. Yeah, yeah. Just killed so much <laughs> clock, <laughs> so much momentum. Um, if we're being honest, that's exactly what we did against Utah, right? Yeah. Like when yeah. we needed a score, we just ran it down their throats for six minutes. And that's exactly what we did here. Which is yeah. nice because against Utah, we were doing that all game. We could run all over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But our offensive line really struggled against Arizona State. Arizona State's defensive line yeah. really took it too. I mean, like, we didn't allow a lot of pressure, but we didn't get a lot of push. Exactly. It was yeah, just, like, yeah. at the line the entire time. So when they finally got tired, our offensive line took advantage of it, and it turned into that beautiful drive. Yeah. Which yeah, is really surprising. Out. Yeah, because BYU offensive line hasn't been that deep for a while, right? Like, uh-huh. to be able to stay in getting that push in the fourth quarter. Right. Yeah. So we were, we were it was first and goal or something, and we couldn't, we just couldn't finish the drive, couldn't run it in. We'd get like one yard, minus one yard, no gain. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jaron Hall, he got injured. He went out. On he second got, and goal. Um, we didn't know what was wrong at the time. He got kind of hit um, just on a QB keeper. Yeah. So Baylor Romney had to come in. And at that point, I was kind of freaking out. I was like, oh, no, we're so close. I know. And I, I would have felt so good if we had Jared. I would have had complete confidence that we would have you know, scored on that drive, put the game out of reach. But your quarterback gets hurt. The backup has to come in. On third you never and goal. know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's third and goal. It's kind of do or die. Oh, that's right. No, yeah, Jaron Hall got hurt on first and goal. The yeah. first play with Baylor Romney, the second goal, they ran the ball. Yeah. Yeah, they gave and him a couple plays just to hand it off. And if you guys are watching, while Baylor's, like, receiving the play call on the sideline, he's, like, stretching his legs, like, <laughs> trying like, to warm up. Like, <laughs> getting ready. He's coming, he came in cold, man. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't played at all. He hasn't seen yeah. a single snap the entire year. And this was, year. like, the end of the game. He's probably just been standing there for hours on the yeah. sideline. At that point, he's probably, like, Not undoing his shoulder pads, like, getting ready, like, getting ready to go in the locker room and chill. Yeah. But man, he had to come in, and man, he made a play. He made a good for play. him. I mean, speaking about Jaron Hall real quick, when he went down, man, that was scary. Because mm-hmm. at first, like your first thought is, did he get concussed again? Like, yeah, yeah. Like man, it's but he wasn't holding his head. The way he was rolling around originally, I thought it was a hip injury. Yeah, we mm-hmm. thought it was a hip. He's looked, had hip problems. Painful. He's had hip problems in the past. Around. Yeah, yeah, he's had leg problems. But then after the game, Jaron Hall's given an interview, and he says, "Quote." I just got the wind knocked out of me. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's possible it. that he landed on the football. The football went into his ribs. Maybe uh-huh. he got a little bruised. And he got, like, landed on by three defensive linemen. So. Yeah, yeah, got the wind knocked out of him. But, a lot of force. Yeah, reporters asked him if he would be able to play next week against USF. And he said, yes. An emphatic yes. So, yeah. glad to hear that he's not hurt. And Kalani yeah. makes, he, Kalani uh, seems to think that he's fine. Like, yeah. yeah. Just the wind. That's good. Yep, so Baylor Romney threw a touchdown pass to Isaac Rex. After almost tripping. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, almost very thought, close. I almost thought that was like an intentional trip, you know? Like the yeah. fake yeah. fumble. Stumbles to like fake out the defense. And then he goes out. 
But he rolled out through a past Isaac Rex. It was beautiful. Just over the defensive back. The most perfect Couldn't do anything pass. about it. It was beautiful. Yeah. It, and yeah, we put the game out of reach and just kind of felt like the game was over right there. Yeah. Arizona mm-hmm. State just didn't even, couldn't do anything after that. Yeah. And I love um, when Baylor and Isaac were talking about it after the game. The, apparently the coaches told Baylor directly, do not throw that pass unless he is wide open. Mm-hmm. And Isaac Rex had a man tattooed yeah. on top of him. <laughs> <laughs> defensive back. And Baylor Romney just gets out there, just going to throw a touchdown pass. It's beautiful. At that yeah. point, I think he was just thinking, okay, I'm going to throw this high. Isaac Rex is either going to catch it or it's going to go out of the back of the end zone. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Isaac Rex is 6'6", six, six, and the DBs were all like 5'10". Yeah. That was the biggest, I'm just taller than you play. Because <laughs> Isaac Rex didn't even jump. He just stuck his arms up in the air. And that <laughs> poor Arizona to. State DB was had his back turned to the ball, so he didn't even see it. He just was tried jumping. to put his hands up. And Isaac like, the DB's full, like, outstretched full hands. Full extension. Full extension. Didn't come within six inches of Isaac Rex's hands. So <laughs> Isaac Rex really caught that ball. And when that happened, you just knew the game was iced. You knew it was over. Mm-hmm. And the whole crowd could breathe easy. Mm-hmm. Smart, what a game. Yeah. And a smart play by our uh, special teams as well. Taking a knee on the extra point. Yeah, because in the so. Nebraska-Oklahoma game that we'll get to later, there was an extra point that was returned for two. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure special teams quarter like, that ain't happening to us. <laughs> we want a two-score game. No Taking the, I thought that was really smart. We're not going to risk that. Shout-out to Kalani. Shout-out to our offensive coordinator. <laughs> mm-hmm. The freaking mm-hmm. stones that they have for calling that play. <laughs> He's got acorns the size of Deion Sanders' got, ego, bro. The cojones. <laughs> the frijoles. Big time frijoles. <laughs> Big time, baby. Yeah. yeah, what a call! And, and what a pass by by Baylor, just coming in ice cold like that yeah. and throwing a beautiful, on the money. perfectly placed. Perfect. So on the year, I think uh, Baylor might be the best quarterback in the nation. Okay. One of one, three yards, one touchdown. One of one for a touchdown. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good, a good pretty rating. good stat line. That's all you could ask for, him, right? One hundred percent completion rate. One hundred percent touchdown rate. All his passes are touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Only averages three yards a three yards a pass though. So but, that's but if they're all touchdowns, yeah, true. You know, you have him throw oh the ball gosh. thirty times a game. His rating, yeah. his QB rating, points. yeah, is four hundred fifty-five. <laughs> 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 that's his rating on ESPN. That is Pass, that his passer be rating. Four hundred fifty-five. <laughs> last, last season he was one thirty-five. And the season four fifty five. One for one with Shout a touchdown. Romney Baylor Romney, Romney, the greatest quarterback in BYU. He's the Heisman plus four fifty QBR. <laughs> Put him on Heisman watch. Seriously, man. <laughs> Put oh, your cheese it's on him. Oh yes. Uh, can we also talk about Mason Wake? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he only had the one reception, but <laughs> one freaking dope hurdle from Mason Wake. Oh, you can man. count on one a game. <laughs> And then the crowd went so crazy. Really? Went so insane when Mason Wake hurdled that player. Like, everyone just loved it. I don't, it was a thing of beauty, man. Every single time he catches a ball. Without fail. Yeah. Somebody's like, oh, there's a big man. I got to go low so I don't get trucked. And he's like, whoop. He, I mean, he knows what's happening. The defense can't really do anything about it. If they go high, then they probably can't bring him down. He's a, he's a big guy. Yeah, they get truck so, sticked. He's, he's, <laughs> he's figured things out for himself. One rush for one yard, one reception for seven yards. 
And yet he was one of the players of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but one dope freaking hurdle. A highlight play. All right, I mean, so that's the recap of the game in general. Let's dive a little more in depth to some of the stats and some of the things that actually happened. I want to dive right into the quarterback comparison. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we talked really, like, we talked a lot about this in the in the preview episode, that this was going to be a battle of the dual threat quarterbacks. It was going to yep. be Jaden Daniels versus Jaron Hall. See which one is the true dual threat. See which one could see which one could lead their team to a victory. When it came to throwing the ball, Jaden Daniels way outperformed um, Jaron Hall. Jaden Daniels threw two picks. One of them really wasn't his fault. The one where Peyton Wilgard just absolutely put his shoulder into that <laughs> oh, dude's yeah. gut. Yeah, and what was it number thirty-one? Max Tooley, heck yeah. of a play. Max Tooley for the dove ball. on top dove of him and intercepted it. it. The other interception, yeah, definitely was he his fault. Him. But yeah. he threw for two hundred sixty-five yards. Was on the money on his deep throws. Right, which we were all questioning, but yeah. with those blown coverages, he really made BYU pay. Yeah, he, we were questioning his deep throw ability. But Jaron Hall, he struggled at the beginning like he always does. Only went 15 for 27, so he's throwing him at, what, that's like around 54%. Mm-hmm. Not great. 214 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, yeah. but remember, net zero. Net zero, <laughs> net zero turnovers. Halftime one doesn't count, and Tyler Algier negated the other one. So yep. Heck yeah. But this is where it gets really spicy. Jaden Daniels, a dual-threat quarterback that ran for over 100 yards against UNLV, mm-hmm. had 10 rushes for 8 yards against our defense. 8 total rushing yards. I am incredibly impressed by our defense, who held Jaden Daniels to less than a yard per carry. Yeah. Net. I mean, insane. that's including sacks and everything, but still. You know, Jaron Hall, including <laughs> sacks and whatnot, had 7 rushes for 38 yards. So... Good for Jaron Hall. He really proved that he was a dual threat. Jaden Daniels didn't have any huge plays. He had a couple of 10, 15-yard scampers. One, yeah, one third down yeah. and long scamper that I remember. Yeah. Oh, man. But Jaron Hall had that, like, 40-yard run where, mm-hmm. you know, the pocket broke and, you know, defenders were right in his face and he was going right, came back left, ran up the left sideline for, like, 40 yards. That that was a huge, huge play. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with our defense. I think uh, – they should get major props because Jaden Daniels was touted for not his passing ability, but his rushing ability. And he had yep. eight yards on ten rushes. You shut him down. It was sure. beautiful. Um, Keaton Peely. Oh, man, yeah. Oh, leading tackle uh, for the year. Yeah. Towards ACL. You hate to see that. That's sad news. He was, he was having such a great season. Yeah. Yeah. He's a stud, but... Prayers and it's thoughts and prayers and all that stuff out to Keenan Peely and yeah, his family. Thoughts and prayers, you know. Mate, it's a minor setback for a major comeback. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. To the say, right? He's no. got a bright future. Yeah, that's that's gonna hurt our defense, but you know, we we wish him the best and we wish him a very speedy recovery. Yeah. And the guy that's going to be stepping in for him is Ben Bywater, mm-hmm. who has been getting snaps in the Arizona and Utah and Arizona State games. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like we're going to some completely new person, right? We, yeah. we have somebody that's tested and is a proven commodity stepping in for him. But Absolutely, yeah. Our linebacker group is one of the deeper groups on our team. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you wish a player never got hurt. You know, you hate that part of the game that players get hurt. But if we were to get hurt at any position, this is probably one of the positions that hurts us the least. Yeah. And as far as other injuries go, 
I heard on the uh, chicken wire, whatever the mm-hmm. phrase heard is. The grapevine? The grapevine. Yeah, that one. I already told you. <laughs> grapevine, yeah. chicken wire, same yeah, thing. The grape, yeah, mm-hmm. um, on grape the grapevine. Yeah. Birdie on the grapevine, chicken wire. Yeah. Chicken on the grapevine wire. Birdie. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I heard that uh, Keenan Ellis, if you guys remember Ellis. him. Yeah. He is uh, going to be suited up for this next game. Oh, ready to go. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, I don't know if that is uh, confirmed, but he's been practicing apparently, so he's watch out for that. He's concussion protocol, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, you know, is two weeks, and it's been two weeks, and if he's shown signs of recovery, then yeah. he should be able to play, and he's one of our better be corners. Better. Like, yeah. he was all over the field before he got injured at Arizona, so... Yeah, the- no, like three minutes she's on the field. I yeah. know. Poor guy. <laughs> but, yeah. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was a great day for our defense, a great day for our offense. You know, Baylor, I already mentioned Baylor Romney had that touchdown pass. Tyler Algier had 21 carries for 69 yards. 69. Nice, nice, yeah. And a touchdown. Got a Romney, had a touchdown. Isaac Rex, the tight end, yeah. finally got involved mm-hmm. in the passing game again. Isaac Rex had two receptions. Dallin Holker also had two receptions. Isaac Rex for two touchdowns, Dallin Holker for 40 yards. Kid, do you remember Very the solid. screen pass that they threw to Dallin Holker? Yeah. And freaking our big lineman just absolutely was, ate that corner ate. for breakfast. Oh, man. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, man. And I remember me and Justin saw Dallin Holker. We were like, oh, my gosh, there's so much greening from him. He's gone. Yeah. And we look at him. He's like, boom. Oh, boom. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, dang it, he's a tight like, end. That was the <laughs> slow he was walking. so slow. He was really taking one step every two seconds. <laughs> boom. boom. True tight end. Boom. Like, if, if that was. in the stadium, them, them tree trunks running down <laughs> yeah. the sideline. Like if that was one of the Nakua's or Neil Power, Keanu Hill or something, oh, got touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. Easy. But good for Down Hoker getting back. He just came back from his mission this year, and so good for it's him. pretty impressive yeah, that he's Dallin already Hulker. playing at this level. He's ready. Yep. Sweet stash, too. Heck yeah. And then how about the crowd, guys? Can we just shout out Cougar Nation oh, yeah. for a second? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't so, a sellout, but it was close to it. It's pretty close. 61, 570. Mm-hmm. 61, and Lavelle 000. said 64. 63 and a half. 63 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Basically 64. It was loud enough to be a sellout. I mean, okay, it was. <laughs> so me and Justin were at the game. Dan, you were watching, right? Yeah. yeah. Could you tell, like... How loud the crowd was? What what was the broadcast like? Um, they kind of filter most of the crowd noise out. Like you can still hear when it gets loud, but you can't really tell exactly how loud. Yeah, but you could definitely tell that it was bothering Arizona State's players. Yeah, when they had the ball, and you know we saw all the false starts and the linemen were getting frustrated <laughs> towards the end of the game. Yeah, and you know you could definitely tell that the crowd noise was having a real effect on the the way they performed on the field. That's awesome. It was it was so fun to watch as a BYU fan. <laughs> I was so proud of the rock. And uh, the whiteout looked amazing. Yeah, almost everyone wore white. Yeah, ninety like percent of the crowd mm-hmm. wore white. I'm really impressed. It was really good. I don't know how how about how do you feel about this, Jared? Because like you said, you were at the you were at the game physically with me. Man, didn't it feel louder than the Utah game at some points? I think. Okay, so yes. I think the Utah game, on average, like, from start to finish, was, like, it was... On average? Yeah, like, like the like p- the crowd was loud the entire Utah game, right? Right, yeah. But the peak, 
at the Arizona State game was definitely louder than the Utah game. Oh. Like when that that second to last possession for Arizona State when they're in the rock section. Oh yeah, my ears were absolutely <laughs> ringing. Like, oh, I had a headache. Yeah, I really my did. brain was splitting so open. <laughs> Ed Lamb, the special teams coordinator for BYU, mm-hmm. he's been to over 60 games for to at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as a player, coach, um, fan, and he said that's the loudest he's ever heard it, ever. Heck ever. yeah! And he said Rock the, Nation showing up. Says the impact on the game was absurd. Absurd. <laughs> absurd. <laughs> it's true. I mean, oh, that's I've never seen word. that many false starts in the same drive. Right? right? Yeah. Ever because of ever. noise. It honestly in reminded any me. Game, like, NFL, college, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's the the first time I've seen that. It reminded me of the 2019 Michigan at Penn State when Penn State, the crowd was so loud that Michigan had to call timeout before the game even started. It honestly, like, was that loud. Like, it had that much of an impact on the game. Yeah, I felt the same way. I felt the same way. Like, the Rock was loud the entire game. The rest of the stadium was, like, loud. But, of course, they're not going to be as loud as the students are because, you know, they're... A little bit older. <laughs> so when they finally got like their backs right next to us, mm-hmm. man, it was over. Yeah. It was over. And my dad and my uncles, my cousins, they have their seats on the other side, on the north end zone, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, 100 yards away from the play. They said every single person in the north end zone was on their feet screaming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I don't, like if they're up there saying it, oh man, it must yeah. have been just deafening down on the field. That. It was nuts. The energy that stadium needs oh yes something we haven't seen in a long time yeah and we got some stats on how loud it was right yeah at least 112 decibels according to one source which Mm -hmm. just uh some comparisons per the university of purdue (laughs) that's like standing 200 feet away from a jet at takeoff wow oh my goodness yeah uh 16 times louder than a normal conversation than us talking right now. Okay. And so it reached 112. 110 is the average human pain threshold where you start to experience permanent hearing damage. <laughs> 110. <laughs> so it's so so above, above that. Wow. You know, if I suffer permanent hearing damage, it is absolutely worth it. I am not mad. Yeah. Go Cougs, baby. Oh, I will yes. go deaf for you if you win <laughs> a national championship in my lifetime. <sighs> Let's just hope that, you know, the rest of the games that we have are that loud, too. Like, yeah. I, I want Virginia, I want Boise State to be that loud. Mm-hmm. Idaho. Idaho State, <laughs> oh, yeah. USF. South Florida. USF is going to break that record. Thank We're going to break the record of the USF game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Sell out. <laughs> Absolute sell out. 120,000 decibels. <laughs> <laughs> the players are just like bleeding out their ears and the crowd's going crazy. Yeah, crowd's <laughs> dropping dead one at a time. <laughs> their brains bleed out of their ears. Because BYU stopped USF on fourth down when they're up 61 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get, <laughs> let's get to our knee jerks, shall we? Okay, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> All right, Dan, what was your knee jerk reaction moment after the um, game? My first thought was that Tyler Algier has got to be one of the three Nephites. <laughs> With a play like that, I mean, I'd never seen anything like that before. The only person who would know how to do that is someone who's been around for thousands of years. Yeah, for a few years. Um, I'm a little suspicious of him mm. at the moment. It's, it's too good to 
just be a normal human being play. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed by Keenan Peely's injury. Mm. I'm a big fan of yeah. his. He's playing well for us. Solid anchor in our defense, but we've got depth, so yeah, I don't think it'll be the end of our season. Um, the Rock was amazing, as we've talked about, and I think at home, there are very few teams that we could not beat. We can beat almost anyone in Provo. Woot woot! So, those are my knee-jerk reactions. Ooh. I mean, for me, my knee-jerk reaction was Tyler Algiers saved this game. <laughs> like, that that game could have gone a completely different way had Tyler Algier not made that play. Yeah. We played sloppy. We didn't dominate the line of scrimmage, but we still found a way to win by multiple scores. And it wasn't just that the interceptions that were sloppy. You remember that, like, behind-the-back thing that Jaron Hall threw to Lupini Katoa? That was so dangerous. That was so reckless. really was. And that's something that I never, never want to see again. But, hey, we still found a way to win by multiple scores. Undefeated season. Here we come, baby. Going 12-0. We want Bama. Give it to us. We will win. We'll take them at home, please. In Provo. Yes, in Bama. Or in Vegas. That works, too. Yeah. And that's my knee-jerk. All right, uh, me is we do be going undefeated. Heck yeah! We can do that. I, like if we can beat this team when we play as bad as we did, <laughs> then imagine what can happen if we get rolling. Right? Like we have yeah. massive potential. We are a complete <clears throat> team, but we haven't played a complete football game. And so if we can, right. if we can play a complete football game, holy crap! Watch out. And Danny, I agree about Tyler Algier, <laughs> except I was less spiritual. I thought he was an Avenger. Okay. Yeah. I thought he Tyler looked Algier like a Thor, Avenger. Captain America out there, just yeah. slamming people. The Bringing down the hammer. Yeah. Thor's hammer. It was awesome. After letting it stew, how are you feeling? Um, after letting it stew, I thought, you know, our, our O-line, they wore out Arizona State. Mm-hmm. The end of the game, but mm-hmm. I think they need to start a little better, or you know, be a little better from the beginning. Right. Kind of, whether it's like a technique thing or just a matchup thing, I want to see them, you know, start the game off a little bit stronger so that you know we don't have as many like scary moments or you know, yeah, as uneasy. Right. We can yeah. establish the run I, from the yeah, forefront. Yeah, kind of establish mm-hmm. it from the beginning and just kind of t- take control of the game. And yeah, it was it was sloppy, <laughs> like Justin said. Some of those turnovers from Hall were disappointing, and, mm-hmm. and we got some things to clean up. Um, our defense, though, very. I don't know whether to call them staunch <laughs> or stout, oh. <laughs> but they're one of the two. They're both. They're stout they're and staunch. S- they're staunch. Staunch. <laughs> they're staunch. Staunch. You heard it here. So, yeah, defense. defense is staunch. Our, our offense has some work to do, but our defense is very staunch. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> Good analysis. Staunch. Staunch. Um, honestly, I, I know that I should feel impressed. I know that I should be very excited like I was after the game. Uh-huh. But after letting it stool, after rewatching the game, I, I don't know how to feel. We mm. played well enough, but it was not cohesive. It was not a complete game. Our offense right. looks downright ugly at times. Mm. But Like, our defense, we played well enough, but there were times during that game, like in the first quarter to the middle of the second quarter, we got manhandled. Yeah. Like, we were lucky yeah. we were to come away with those two picks, because if not, like, 
Arizona State is going up big on us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry about injuries, Keenan Peely mainly, um, but or not mainly Keenan Peely, but mainly possible future injuries. Yeah, because going forward. Yeah. We need to really put together complete games against these next three opponents so that we can go to Baylor completely healthy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't want our, I don't know, our offense. I I think that's the biggest thing for me is our offense. I just worry a lot about our offense, yep. getting in a roll and getting in a rhythm. Especially because Utah State has a history of injuring our best offensive players. <sighs> oh, Dude, no. Don't even get me started on the Utah State that's game. That's going to be something else. <laughs> Golly gee. I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way after letting it stew. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not super sure how to feel. Um, I'm disappointed in the way that Hall played, to be honest. He had a few good plays. The the touchdowns that he threw were both wide open, so it's not like he threw like these incredible passes for right. touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He didn't really take care of the ball. And that's what we've been we've been high on him all like the, for the past two weeks because he has taken great care yeah. of the ball. Right. He was a little more reckless today. Or on on Saturday, so I'm not sure what that was about, but you know, hopefully he cleans that up going forward. I am extremely impressed by our defense. I know you guys yep. both touched on that, so I won't talk about it a whole lot. Stouch, stouch. That was a very athletic backfield from ASU, yeah. and we kept them in front of us, with the exception of a couple plays where you know we we did a pretty heavy blitz, so we missed some assignments. I mean, it's great. Our defense played great. Peely's injury sucks, but like we were talking about before, linebacker is one of the positions where BYU has. A lot of depth. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. think we're in deep doo-doo, but I really, really think that the biggest thing going forward for us, we need to figure out how to stop with these third quarter lulls. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We give up 10 points, 10 consecutive points. That's three straight games that we've given up 10 straight. All right? three in games. The third quarter. Yeah. Without scoring ourselves. Without scoring ourselves. Yeah. So... We need to clean that up because if we don't figure out how to score coming out of halftime, if we don't figure out how to have that fire under our rear end right under halftime, those 10 points are going to come back to haunt us and bite us in the butt in one of these games in the near future. And I do not want to see that happen. I 100% agree. We got to cut that out. We got to figure out because fourth quarter, we lead these six-minute drives that get us points, right? Ice game. End of the second half or end of the second quarter, we usually put up points, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we did against Utah. We did against Arizona State and Arizona. Right. But like you're saying, just we need to figure out how to start the game, and especially in the third quarter, keep the momentum rolling. Yeah. What do you guys think this game means for BYU going forward? What is the mm-hmm. season outlook? What do you guys think? My season outlook, to me, the thing I am will be looking for most is how we play on the road. Right. Because <laughs> we I think if, we, true road yeah, game if we have these third quarter lulls and we're you know, at Baylor, at even Utah State, at USC, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we'll be able to survive those. If you know the home team, they see that we're losing momentum, they've got the crowd behind them, and they, you know, even if we're ahead, if that happens, we could they could come alive and you know take the lead and you know there won't really be much we can do. So... We're capable of playing very well, but you know, like you guys have talked about, we need to do it the whole game. We can't fall asleep for whole quarters of a game, and I think that's will be especially important as we have more road games in the coming weeks. And I think I'm very grateful that 
we didn't start with a bunch of road games because hopefully these <laughs> yeah. home games will kind of help us learn from that while right. still getting the wins and getting the experience. So I'm not sure. I'm just, it's definitely better that we start off at home and had those lulls in a home game with the Rock there to you know kind of revive the team. But hopefully we've learned from that when we go on the road because I don't know if we can you know survive those happening every single game. It's very true. Yeah. BYU's kind of sneaky scheduling Arizona <laughs> in yeah. Las Vegas because it's techni- technically a road game. It's technically a road game on the schedule. It's absolutely a home game. Yeah, <laughs> and I I completely agree with you, Dan. Like, we really need to fix that because there's a very real possibility that this Saturday Utah State beats Boise State. Oh yeah, and goes into the game with us, us a top 25 us a top 15 team mm-hmm. Utah State maybe even top 25 after going 4 and 0 yeah. or re- at least receiving votes maybe some votes maybe mm-hmm. Ogden Breaking. is going to be packed Ogden yeah. will be rocking it's be Ogden, not Logan Ogden, <laughs> Ogden is going to be absolutely rocking it's going to be packed that's going to be an extremely hostile road environment it will be so we need to figure it out that'll be a hard test yeah but i mean what it means for BYU going forward for me i think BYU has a chance to take this thing all the way I really do. I think they have a chance to go undefeated, but they really have to prove themselves on the road first. Yep. Because at the end of the year, at USC on the road too, that's going to be extremely, That'll extremely tough. tough. Cool. We have some resume-building games the next few weeks. We need to get through Utah State and Boise State unscathed. And if we do, I really think we have a shot at going 11-1 and or 12-0. and I agree. Uh, I agree with both of you guys, actually. Um Watch the frick out if BYU ever figures out how to play football. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because if we know how to, if we can learn how to put together a full game. Yeah. Four quarters. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like we it's could so destroy. T- we could be a buzzsaw. <laughs> but and right through teams. Yeah. Left and right. But like you guys have been saying, I am scared to death of Utah State right now. Yeah. Because Utah State, when they play at home. Like, their crowd, even though there's only, like, 9,000 people in the stadium, <laughs> yeah. um, it gets rocking up there. And BYU, that'll be the first time they've played in a hostile environment yep. since 2019. And all the cows mooing, too. Yeah, yeah true. It, I don't like know. Cultural folks. I think yeah. we are by far the better team, yeah. but I worry about us, like you said, Justin and Danny, not being able to put together a complete game, going into that game on the road, and getting into that third quarter lull and not being able to get out of it. That's what I worry mm-hmm. about. And I also think BYU can go 11-1, 12-0, but it's going to depend on these next three games. If BYU yeah. can get their starters out at halftime against USF, give them a week and a half rest, going into Utah State, beat Utah State, you know, have Baylor finish out the game, you know, maybe get Conover some some reps as well, okay. and then beat Boise State at home. We can get out of those three games solidly, putting up lots of points, and then not getting injured, and go to Baylor, you know, a top 10 team with three convincing victories, then I think we have a pretty good shot going undefeated. But it's really going to depend on these next three games, especially the Utah State game. Oh, yeah. Now, before we move on from the BYU-Arizona State game, I do want to give an update about something that happened. Do you remember our hatred for Mr. Fortenbaugh? Fortenbaugh. Fortenbaugh. Joe Fortenbaugh from ESPN, the biggest BYU hater in the world. What did he say about BYU? 
He just said that we were going to lose. He said that you oh, know, yeah. we had no chance in the game. Yeah, no chance. No chance. Against like Utah. Against Utah. That was against Utah. And then against Arizona State, he's like, BYU got lucky with the <laughs> yep. win over Utah. So, as you might remember, I tweeted at Joe Fortenbaugh, not I'm happy. going to drink your salty tears for my BYU cup after BYU not only covers the spread, but wins that football game. Then we won, and I tweeted at him, how does it feel to be so, so wrong, Joe? <laughs> and, you know, he actually responded to my tweet. <laughs> That's surprising. I'm not, not even He responded to my tweet, and he says, BYU is a freight train derailing every Pac-12 South team in its path. I've learned my lesson. Shut That's up. awesome. Shut up, Fort and Bye. Yeah. Shut Fort and Bye learned his lesson uh, finally. He replied. I think it's awesome that he replied to my tweet. He replied, <laughs> and he also he owned up to Yeah, yeah good for him. Shout out Fort and Bye. Yeah. So, that. If you want to re- come on the pod, go yeah, for it. Yeah, we should get him on the pod. Yeah, we should invite Joe Fort and Bye on the like pod. 50,000 Twitter followers or something. Yeah, I, I respect him. He's got 33,000 followers. 33,000, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll DM him. It's a big name. Yeah. yeah. Sure. All right, one last thing about the BYU game. Trevor Maddich, the center for the 1984 National Championship team, uh, and ESPN College Football said that the Tyler Algier, like, hammer punch thing. Uh, hammer punch, force fumble. Yeah, he said. Six. <laughs> yeah. What a play. Uh, honestly, like, every time I see that play, it's awesome, but I just, like, cringe because it shouldn't have happened. I know. <laughs> you know? Such a bad throw. Anyway, Trevor Maddich says that that – Maybe BYU's greatest defensive play since Kyle Morrell in 1984 on the goal line versus Hawaii, <laughs> where he jumps over the line and stops him. What do you guys think? Have there been any plays and like that you guys think is that the greatest defensive play in BYU defensive history? Play. I just think like taking it into context, it was just super heady by <laughs> Tyler Algier. He being a converted linebacker. I mean, he was a running back that got converted into linebacker. And then back into running back. back. Running yeah. back. So, I mean, he had the expertise. Like, he knows, like, he's run a drill like this before. He knows, like, to punch the ball out. Right. But the fact that he had the presence of mind to run 50 yards down the field and then punch it out, I think, yeah, this has got to be one of the most incredible plays I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you ask BYU's greatest defensive play, I mean, I can barely remember what I had for dinner, like, <laughs> two nights ago. I can't remember <laughs> The, the greatest plays in BYU's defensive history, but I think in my lifetime, the defensive plays that stick out to me most are some Kyle Van Noy's like strip sacks off the edge in the the point setable or something against yeah. San, San Diego State. Yeah, those were awesome plays. And then there's this play that I think is probably more impressive to me. Yeah. So in my memory, yes, I think this is the greatest defensive play despite the fact that it was done by a running back. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. In my memory, I think this takes it takes a kick obviously, right? As, mu- as especially as most impressive, right? Yeah. I think Kyle Morales is pretty impressive too where he jumps over the line and that one meant a lot because looking back that probably saved their season, <laughs> yeah. you know, help him get the natty. Yeah. And then also um Omar Morgan in the 96 Cotton Bowl picks off Kansas State's quarterback at the goal line to win the game. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty impressive, too. But I think if BYU can have a really right. special season this year, go 12-0, and we might look back at this play and be like, that defined the yeah, season. That was yeah. that one season-defining play. Save yeah. the game, define the season. Yep. Huge play. And that does it for our Arizona State-BYU recap. I think now we got yeah. a little bit of an ad read. 
Okay, we've got an ad read. Okay. No, we got yeah. an ad read for one of our uh, sponsors, one of our theoretical sponsors. So, yeah, we'll be right with you guys right after this. Hello, listeners. This podcast is brought to you by Maps. Not Google Maps, not Apple Maps. Maps. In general. Are you ever trying to navigate somewhere and you don't really know where to go? Maybe you get lost. Maybe you are led astray by yourself or someone else. Well, let me introduce to you Maps. Maps can tell you what the world looks like, what cities look like, and you can use that to go somewhere you want to go. Some maps have mountains, some maps have seas, some maps even have names of local businesses that you can support. So maps are very good to us on this podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of their products. And so you listeners should give them a try. Thank you. Wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> we really do love the support that our maps give us. Big shout out to maps. Big, Big maps. Out. Yep. I am the map. I'm the map. I'm the map. Okay. Yep, moving on. <laughs> uh, this week, week three in college football, uh, looking at the schedule, we're like, oh, there's some good games on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then looking back now, after mm-hmm. watching weekends worth of football, holy crap, there were lots of good games. What? Yeah, there were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Upsets um, galore. Uh, and that, yeah, upsets galore, shown by our uh, picks, in which oh boy, we all went five and five, except for one of us. Me, baby. I came in last place last time. This time I came in first with a solid six and four. A whopping six and four. Very nice. I'm still in last place overall. <laughs> but Should we get up those standings? Week two, I was number one. So just got to say that. But overall, the standings are a little bit different. Be like a, be like a goldfish, remember? <laughs> exactly. Goldfish. So on the season, we got Jared, 14 and six. That's me. I'm in first oh, place. Okay, yeah. Not, not got, bad. Dan, second place, 12 and 8. Silver medal. So pretty okay. close. Yeah. Close second. And then a very close third is Justin, Ooh. 11 and 9. So we're all within three points. Right on the heels. Yeah. yeah we're all getting close. close. And then our guest pickers, Joe Ludlow went 6 and 4 first week. And Mark, unfortunately, fell one short of that 5 and 5. 5 and yeah, 5. So Mark, you are out of the running for the box of cheeses, man. Oh, Joe Ludlow is the front runner for that one. Shout out, Joe. Shout out, Joe, if you're listening. You better be listening. You better be listening. Yeah, you better be. Probably. We know you're listening. Do you guys hear that? What? There's like a squeal. <laughs> oh. Well, that's my pet pig. Oh. oh. Sorry, guys. What's his no name? Problem. Came out. Oh, is it Cletus? Bacon. Our stats guy? Yeah, Cletus. <laughs> the imaginary stats Our pig. stats guy. <laughs> I turned out that it turns out one of my cousin's nicknames is Cletus. Really? Yeah. Well, there we go. That's quite a nickname. We got a stat guy. We got a stat guy and a pig stat guy. Your cousin's We're a pig? stat pig. Stat pig. My, wait. Is it the same person? <laughs> <laughs> same Cletus? Yep. Uh yeah okay um anyway it was a good weekend of yeah. football. <laughs> I, I tried I tried to get spicy with my picks. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. For example, 
picking Auburn to beat Penn State. <laughs> nope. At Penn State with a wideout. That was quite the limb you went out. That is yeah. not wise. Not I, good. Looking back, I was deceived in some way. <laughs> Let us stray. For that game. Run I need up. I needed a pick map to navigate that correctly. <laughs> like the old Stephen A. Smith clip. Bamboozle. <laughs> run amok. Let us stray. <laughs> that was me picking Auburn over Penn State. <laughs> hey, but you did get OK State. Yeah. Yeah. I you got, got Memphis that. too, Baby right? Boise yeah. State. I got Memphis. G5 love. I'm how, disappointed by Miami, though. Yeah, how you feeling Miami, about this little bet you guys got going there? I feel great. I feel the opposite of great. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wish they were back. Green and orange, it's my favorite color combo. Okay. Little known fact. You go down to southern Utah, there's some places with you know the orange, red rock. Yeah. I don't know why they call it red rock. It's orange. <laughs> and then you know if there's plants there, whether it's like pine trees or some shrubs or, you know, if there's a river that rivers have plants by them usually. Mm-hmm. Some greenery. Some, some of the prettiest, prettiest places you can go. Yeah. So green and orange. Danny is also wearing a, uh, what is that, plaid shirt? Yeah, yeah plaid. Like has a flannel. Green, green and orange. Green and orange. Yeah. Featured on my shirt already. Yeah. yeah. So I wish Miami would just be back already. But I don't know if they ever will. To be honest, <laughs> I don't know. They're definitely not back right now. That's not sure. yet. You know what other colors are on Dan's plaid shirt? Blue and white from the University of North Carolina oh, Tar Heels, <laughs> who put up 59 points, dropped an absolute bomb UNC. on the University of Virginia, one and zero in the ACC. Miami is not. So definitely not. I'm ahead. Dan, I hope you are ready to put some cheeses between your toes good. I'll have at the practice. end of the season. <laughs> I've got a few weeks to prepare. <laughs> Freaking bronze. I'm feeling great. Yeah, Let UVA took an L there. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, well, uh, let's get into our little uh, fastest five minutes or however long it turns out to be. Yeah. So just recap the games real quick, the big ones. Yeah. Big biggies. Headliners. Yeah. All right. Who wants to kick us off? I'll kick us off. Ready? You guys need to give me a drum roll or something. Bum, 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 bum. Like the boomer. Music? Yeah, that That's was some uh, music. Okay. Okay, last week, number one, Alabama defeated number 11, Florida. Number 11, Florida really had a chance to come back, but they choked. Number one, Alabama wins in the swamp, 31-29. Here we got Oklahoma slipping past their old-time rival of Nebraska. Nebraska. They won by a score, uh, by a margin of seven points with a final <laughs> score of 23-16. to 16. How disappointing. <laughs> Clem's son goes Clem's dumb, Ooh. dumb, Ooh. Georgia Tech, scored 14-8. They could have won the game there at the end there, but they decided to do his little shovel pass, dumb, dumb, stupid. And, uh, yeah, Clemson's going defeated this season. They're, uh, they're, they're bad. You know, that was very disappointing. But you know what wasn't disappointing? Cincinnati getting the dub against Indiana. It looked a little shaky at first. Indiana was up at some points, but since he proves that they are a premier G5 team winning that game 38-14. to 14. Perennial powerhouse Ohio State, Ohio ST, Saint for short, oh. <laughs> almost 
pooped the bed against Tulsa, <laughs> only having a lead of one score uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter there. Ooh, that's kind of rough. Take me home, West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Sings Exit Sandman to Virginia Tech and takes down the 15-ranked Hokies. Goodbye. The number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels finally figured out how to play a football game against Virginia. Sam Howell throwing the ball all over the field, dropping 59 buckaroos on the Cavaliers. Auburn, like my hair color, got bleached by a whiteout (laughs) when they traveled to Penn State at Beaver Stadium. And they took the L against the Penn State Beavers. Or actually, Penn State Nittany Lions. (laughs) I forgot. I don't know why they call it Beaver Stadium. (laughs) Number 24, Miami. Strutted in. Flipping up the thug U to everybody. In the, 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 it's not the swamp. It's the uh, hurricane swamp. Hard rock. The bog. The hard rock bog. And Miami sure is playing like a bog. They got their booty slapped and wiped by the Spartans who are back. Heck yeah, baby. Michigan State is back. Good for the sport of football. Number 16, Coastal Carolina. Barely beat Buffalo by the skin of their teeth. If you ask me, Coastal Carolina, the mullets are looking a little dirty and a little fraudy. <laughs> Keaton Slovis was too slow for the USC Trojans, and Jackson Dart took his position. Utah High School product. Shout out, Jackson Dart. And USC got the dub, and they are looking more dangerous every week. Number 13, UCLA, is looking less dangerous every week as they fall and get struck by lightning in the form of a giant bulldog wearing a V around its neck. Uh, has Derek Carr's ghost's face, but without the makeup. Fresno <laughs> State is back. Mississippi State gets pouty after a loss to the after a loss to Memphis, the Tigers. Uh, SEC says, it's my party. I can cry if I want to, as they cry over the officiating in the game, giving Mississippi State the best punt return I've seen in the last 80 hours. <laughs> Utah is a poverty program. Yep. And unlike Ohio State, they followed through with their pooping the bed, <laughs> losing to San Diego State in triple overtime. Talking about pooping the bed, Louisiana Tech took one look at Florida State's loss to Jacksonville State and said, wow, we should try it, and gives up a Hail Mary to SMU to lose on the final play of the game. Now let's talk about Butker, the Scarlet Knights, who are a freaking wagon. They took it to perennial powerhouse Delaware Delaware. and beat them by 32 points. (laughs) Delaware? I don't know. I can't. We're sponsored by maps, and I can't even spot Delaware on a map. So, shout out to Rutgers. Going to win the Natty. Um, Oklahoma State traveled to Boise State, and they played one half of football, then called it good. <laughs> Boise State took the L at home on the Smurf turf. Arizona? Is there a state called Arizona? Let me check my map. Mm. There is no state labeled Arizona. Neither Underneath Arizona, Utah, no Arizona state are states. Literally just called North. North, North Alabama? North... I don't even know. NAU? Yeah, beat Arizona. More like Suckazona. D3 relegation? Good one. Shout out to NAU, the best team in the state of Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, guys, I got to be honest with you. I This is very embarrassing, but I have to admit it. Okay. Safe space. The entire Arizona State-BYU game, I had a whole 
like two inches wide in the crotch of my pants. Oh, oh no. Luckily, we were standing up the whole game, so it was hidden. But anytime I sat down, boy, there was a big hole opening. It was a hole. It was a hole that a truck could drive through. It was bad. Corso could have walked through that. Yeah, seriously. So, um. Uh yeah, uh maybe we need to get us maybe we need to get sponsored by pants because mine are, yeah. are not holding up very well. You reach out. <laughs> uh, another bad beat of the weekend is if you had the over on the uh, Oklahoma State Boise State game. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at 41 points at halftime and you're thinking, oh this is great. No over under 54, and then nobody scores the game. That is so boring. Imagine like <laughs> you're terrible. so pumped. The first half is going great. You sit there for an entire second half just to see punt. Punt, 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 Miss punt. field goal, miss field goal, punt. <laughs> really bad. Ugly Shout out stuff. Them. Ugly stuff. Someone punted the bus. <laughs> both of them. <laughs> they punted the bed. They punted, they punted the, bed. the bed. Uh, What about some news from this weekend? Because this weekend we had a kind of a surprise announcement for Charlie Brewer. Uh, yeah. He got benched and is now leaving the program. Yeah, he just said, screw this. He's done. <laughs> He's just if I'm not starting, out. I'm not on the team. So, uh, good for him. Bad bad for him. I mean, you, you kind of feel bad for the guy. He had a lot of injuries at Baylor. And then, you know, why he went to Utah that had a competitive quarterback core, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he wanted to be successful. He, one and two, he's getting blamed for losing the BYU. He's getting blamed for losing the San Diego State. And then Jackson Dart comes in and like starts actually throwing the ball well. And yeah, yeah, Charlie Brewer. Like, it, I think his career is over. Yeah. Wait, and what's, what's their backup's name? Uh, it's Jackson Dart's for USC. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What, what was I saying? No, their backup uh, the is other... Cameron Rising. Cameron Rising. Oh, rising. One. Rising. Oh, kind of auspicious. He's rising up. He's rising up. No. What? No. Okay. Huh? Dark time rises. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's some news from Salt Lake City for you. Yeah. We we love it when we get this kind of news from Utah. Yeah. Utah is a poverty program, though that's not news. Nope, not nope. news. We've been, we know that for Already decades. knew that. Uh, a lot of ranked teams lost this weekend. Four that were ranked ahead of us. So yeah. that was good. Six Very helpful. Team total. We'll get to the AP Top 25. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. A I don't, we, we, I don't know. Uh, I follow this Instagram page. It covers college football. I... I kind of like it. TND. Good content. Good content. He asked, is BYU a playoff team? So, while, you know, that's just kind of like a random question that somebody asked, I think it's great because outside of Provo, mm-hmm. BYU is finally getting the recognition that we give it every yeah. single year. Yep. BYU is turning stage. into a brand after a great team after a great team last year, great year. We have, we're putting together another great year. We're starting Welcome to get with- that national recognition now that we're going into the Big 12. I think BYU is on an upward trajectory. Yeah, the program is in good shape. Not just the team, like BYU football, the brand as a program, as a brand, is you know getting more momentum on the national stage with every game. It seems going back the past couple of seasons. Yeah, people's minds are being changed at Fortinbah. Fortinbah, that's good for us. Good for yeah. good for BYU. Uh-huh. Right. Speaking of good things that happened to BYU, the AP Top Twenty Five came out on Sunday, and BYU came in at. 15, baby. Heck yeah, 15, team. 15, baby. Quince, as they say. Uh, yeah, as some might say. Having their quinceanera. <laughs> BYU throwing their quinceanera. <laughs> BYU is actually the biggest riser, as in, like, they, they 
ascended the most amount of spots. Yeah. They jumped, yeah. They jumped eight spots. Eight spots. So, That's a lot. All right. Shout out BYU. That's incredible. Yeah. And we had a ranked victory. We were one of the very few teams that had a ranked victory in week three. So we deserved to jump. We did. And I'm really excited to be in the top 15. And I think that we're going to jump Iowa State after they inevitably choke again. Iowa State is completely fraudulent. Yep. Fraudulent. Um, there was one thing I wanted to say here. Oh, yeah. BYU is one of only four teams to have two ranked victories this season so far. Okay. The other Sweet. three teams are number one, Alabama. Oh. Okay. Number five, Iowa. Oh. And number six, Penn State. Wow. So that's pretty good company. Not bad company. <laughs> so we're basically a top five team? Mm-hmm. What you're yep. top, top four team. Top, yeah. top yeah. four? Playoff. Me. Playoff, Playoff team. team. Yeah. <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> Shout out to Kansas State that snuck in. Kansas State snuck yeah. into the top 25. Fresno State. Fresno State Fresno snuck into State, the top 25. Baby. Let's go. The upset. And then they took down UCLA, which I'm actually really upset about. <laughs> what? But UCLA crazy remained game. in the top 25. They're UCLA, number 24 in the nation. They dropped 11 spots, but they're still ranked. Still they're ranked. still ranked. So. Oscar, can we just talk about how bad the Pac 12 network is? Like, yeah. that game was probably one of the most exciting over the weekend, and yet nobody got to watch yeah, it. Yeah, nobody got to watch that game. <laughs> Disappointing. Pac 12 network sucks. Yeah. At least it's not. AT&T Rocky Mountain. Oh, please. <laughs> AT Rocky, AT&T Rocky Mountain Sportsnet. Yeah, jazz, yep. jazz fans know what that's about. It's, <laughs> it's a headache. <laughs> yeah. Other notable bad. rises, you got Michigan State coming in at number 20. Yeah, Michigan wow. after being unranked. Unranked mm. to 20. Michigan at 19. Yeah, they yeah. broke into the top 20. North Carolina back in the top 25. Ole Miss. They're they're looking good. Ole Miss, yeah. Ole Miss is looking up. great. Con man, Matt Corral for Heisman. Matt Corral, he's yeah, he's currently got the best odds for Heisman right putting now. Putting up numbers, they score like fifty points a game. It seems. Yeah. Dude, the dude's um, a beast. Florida dropped to eleven, or actually, they didn't they, drop. They stayed still. They, they, they lost. lost. And honestly, to Bama, they they didn't deserve to drop. The way they yeah. played yeah. against Bama, they played. They well. deserved to either stay there or maybe even go up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout I out think, to Florida. Yeah, I think that said more about Alabama. Than it did about Florida, right? Because yeah. we knew Florida is kind of in that like tier two like competitor, you know, but not quite champion. And I think it just showed that, you know, we've seen this year that everybody's beatable except Alabama, and that just proved that Alabama. Alabama's yeah, absolutely. Because they could have won the game, and then Dan Mullen absolutely like that play call on the two point conversion. Ugh. Yeah, Dan Mullen just does it. Dan Mullen things. Tough loss. Yeah. Florida. Big big rough. If I'm Free. being honest, uh. Kind of hate Dan Mullen with all my heart. So yeah, Dan Mullen's not the greatest. <laughs> but hey, I mean, he keeps Florida in that mm, not great, not bad range. Kind of tier two, yeah, tier three, that kinda, tier yeah. two SEC. Mm-hmm. That, that was oh, is Florida gonna win the SEC this year? <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they're getting talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, what, what's going on here? Our, our script is having a virus, like <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Yeah, Danny's computer Ooh, was, was playing fun. like six videos all at the same time. They were constantly restarting. Nightmare. All on the same website, too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to the Wasn't even multiple pages. <laughs> <laughs> Never going back there. All right, so let's move on to our top tens. You know, we sit on the top 25. Now let's go to our completely professional, completely calculated. Accurate. Accurate unbiased, top ten. This is how it will logical, be. accurate, true. Mm-hmm, these are tens. just mm-hmm. the truest of the true. Yeah. So I guess I'll start out. Somehow they're all different, but. <laughs> <laughs> They're all true. 
I will say that Alabama is no longer the number one team in the nation. Oh, is that so? I will no longer say Alabama and everyone else. I think hey. Georgia is number one. Georgia, Bulldogs. I'll move Georgia up to number one. Alabama down to number two. Wow. We got Oregon at three. Okay. Penn State jumping up to number Ooh, four. Yeah. I think they look Sean, like a legitimate Penn team. looking good. I think Sean Clifford actually like played decently. He actually played well. Actually yeah. played well, so shout out to him. Number five, I got Iowa. Classic. Number six, I got Oklahoma. They fell down a little bit because I really don't think they're that great. After struggling to, ne- to Nebraska, Nebraska, if they didn't get that, that two-point kick, like – Blocked oh, yeah, the, extra the, point the return, X- mm-hmm. and thing. if Nebraska would have made its chip shot field goals, Nebraska Oklahoma loses that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my goodness. So yeah, they're dropped down. Ole Miss at number seven. Yeah. Powder Fireworks. blue baby. At number eight, I got Beautiful the royal colors. blue of BYU. <laughs> oh Cougs. I was really impressed by Florida. I have them moving into my top ten. Ooh, they're at number okay. nine. Okay. Cincinnati yeah. rounding out my top ten. Wow. Okay. Alrighty. There you go. I like that list. Solid. I got Oregon at number one. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. they have the most impressive win of the season. Against Fresno State. Against Fresno against State. Fresno State. Yep. <laughs> First game of the season. So I think that's incredible. Great, Good great for them. win for them. Uh, they are number one. Number two, I got Alabama. Okay. Just because they won an ugly game. Yeah. And they've won games when they've played well. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, they deserve that. Penn State look incredible at the wideout. Um, I think they're... Them, I think they will play my number four, Iowa, in the Big Ten Championship game. Oh. Uh, it might be one of those where the winner goes to the playoff. Yeah. Nice. Number five, I got Georgia. Honestly, I'm not too high on Georgia. I hate okay. Georgia. That's um, fair, yeah. But I also think they're good, but I haven't seen anything from their offense that lets me know that they are for real. So okay. that's sure. why That's why I don't have them up, you know, number one or number not two. Not on the JT Daniels train. No, absolutely not. Uh, number six, I got Michigan State. Wow, okay. Number I think six. Sparty is back. They have been playing very good football under the radar because they sucked last year and the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. And the year before that. But I think they're back. They're playing really good football. Their coach has finally got a couple of years under his belt. Looks like he's uh, got things rolling. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Then, number seven, you guys are going to hate it. I got that team up north. Michigan. I think they've been playing Ooh. absolutely fantastic. They've just Big been bull blue. rushing people. Yeah. So I they think look they look good. almost as, as impressive as anybody. They don't have any quality wins, but the wins they do have have been impressive, even if they're over G5 Michigan teams. does look like a legitimate threat this year. Yeah. Number eight, I got the Bulldogs, Fresno State. Fresno Heck State, yeah, baby. They're, they're playing amazing. Their quarterback, Dark Horse, should win the Heisman. You love it. Number nine, I got Ole Miss, beautiful Old powder blue. Missouri. Still can't get over the powder blue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get those confused a lot. Um, they have a really big game in two weeks coming up against Alabama. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be the game of the century. Justin just pulled up a picture of Ole Miss's uniforms, and honestly, I'm like forgetting anything else in my head because they're just so beautiful. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow, that blue, so pretty. Anyway, and then number ten, I got Ark Kansas. Oh, coming in at number Bringing ten, Arkansas into Why the top not? ten. Only just because I think it's hilarious. That Arkansas is good, and the that they they have like a shot at winning the SEC West. So I think uh, that'd be hilarious shot, if they did. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a notable omission. Jared doesn't have BYU in his top ten. Hmm. The reason for this is because BYU has yet to prove that they can play a complete game. 
All okay. of the teams on here yeah. have proved to me that they can play a complete game at one point or the other, right? Mm-hmm. But BYU has not proven that to me yet. It, once we can put up 500 points on USF. 500 points? <laughs> okay, 500 <laughs> yards, 50 okay. points in one half against USF. <laughs> then in the Navy uniforms as oh, well. Yeah. Which, speaking of, did you guys know that BYU is on a four-game winning streak in Navy uniforms? Really? Is yeah. that so? And wow. while, we're, while wearing white helmets, Navy uniforms, white bottoms, we are like 60 and 14 in like past seven years. Wow. I would have never guessed that. Neither would I. Who knew? Anyway, that's the reason I don't be in the top 10, because they need to prove to me they can play a game wire to wire. Okay. Okay. Number one, I've got Alabama. Nice. I think, you know, until... I get proven wrong. They're the team to beat. They just beat a very good Florida team at Florida. That's true. Um, but honestly, I was it was a pretty hard debate between Bama and Georgia for me. Georgia also looks really good. And then, so I have them number two, and my number three team, Oregon, is not very far off, I think. Mm-hmm. Those are three really good teams. Um, the next two, I've got Iowa and Penn State. Okay. I'm not sure about the order there. I have Iowa ahead for now. Okay. Yeah, but kind of like one A one B kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they're kind of tied for fourth. But I've I've got Iowa four, Penn State five, then Cincinnati. Okay. Okay. Give wow. them some G five love. Um, they've looked good from what I know. Yes. But I don't know everything about them. <laughs> but we'll see. Fair enough. <laughs> Seven. I've got Ole Miss. Like you guys have said, very exciting team, very good offense, mm-hmm. very good uniforms. <laughs> what more could you want? Yeah. Number it's eight, I've the got the, the Cougars of Brigham Young. Brigham Young? Brigham Young's Cougars. Brigham's Cougars. They have, honestly, a very impressive resume so far. That's extremely true. Three Pac-12 games, two of them ranked, and they've won all of them. So, yeah. I hope they can put together a complete game, like Jared was saying, but I've got them at eight. Okay. Not biased. Very solid. Same as Justin. Not a homer. Yeah. <laughs> Not, Not a homer. biased. <laughs> purely based on reason. Yep. Nine, I've got Florida. They look really good against Alabama. Unfortunately, lost on the last play of the game, but... They could have at were, least pushed right overtime. There. Yeah. yeah. And number 10, I've got the Wyoming Cowboys. Oh! <laughs> You're in bombs. Now, they are my number 10 team because, believe it or not, they're undefeated. Wyoming's this, whole, this whole season, they haven't lost even once. No way. Wow. Out of all their games. People forget that. <laughs> I um, forgot that. They beat Montana State oh. by three. That's like is, Montana is a, a state. Yeah, yeah, that's like a you know Northwest, North Central rival. Yeah. I know, huge game there. They beat Northern Illinois oh, okay. by seven. The Huskies. Okay. And then they beat Ball State. Yep. <laughs> Wyoming. They just beat Ball State. No, no, at, no margin. Coming in at number 10 in my top 10. All right. There you have it, folks. Fair enough. All righty. Uh, I find it very interesting that none of us included Ohio State or Clemson <laughs> in our top 10. No, Clemson's going to be yep. a two-loss team by the end of the year. I hope yeah. so. I really think they will be. Maybe even three losses. I'm calling Maybe. four or five losses. Four or five, four losses, or five losses. There's not a lot of teams in the ACC. Like, honestly, I think there's only, like, four teams in the ACC. But uh, I think that Clemson's going to lose to all of them. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they oh. almost lost to Georgia Tech, which is, like, the bottom of the barrel. So <laughs> FCS. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, Division Three. Georgia is not Tech. 
Nope. Georgia is not a tech. Georgia is not a tech. Georgia no. is a state. It's on a map, guys. It's, it's on a state. map. <laughs> yep. Tech is not on the map. Yeah. Clemson. <laughs> um, I remember picking them to miss the playoff at the beginning of the season. Yeah, shout out Dan. Good out, call. You know, I was being bold with the hot take, but I think we can all agree on that now. Yeah. They're not a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, that makes me happy too. Like I would be so incredibly happy to see four new teams, or at least just three new teams at least three, in the yeah. playoff mm-hmm. this year. That would be so refreshing. That'd be see. awesome. Uh, let's do our uh, playoff teams. After Kay. three weeks, a quarter of the season, who's your Heisman favorite? Okay. And who are your four playoff teams? All right. Start with Justin. Heisman favorite, Matt Corral. Okay. Runner-up. Dark Horse, Fresno State's QB. The, what's his name? Hoiter? Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know what his name is. Hyungle? Something like that. Yeah. Hyabda. What is it? Jake Heiner. Yeah, Jake Heiner. He is my Dark Horse. He's in second place behind Matt Corral. Okay. And number one, I'll have Bama just because I don't think the college football playoff committee would be physically able to not put (laughs) Alabama as number one. Oh, I can't wait till this goes So there's that. Number two, I think will be Oregon. Okay. I think Oregon will Pack be undefeated 12. by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with a victory over Ohio State, I think that's... No way you can keep them out. Yeah, no way you can keep them out. Number three. So I'm going to say Big 12 gets left out. Heck yes. Big 12 gets left out. And ooh, I don't know. You know what? Number three. Huh. I'll throw Georgia in for now. Okay. Just because yeah. I don't for have now. anything else. Georgia, yeah. for, Georgia for that. And number four, BYU. <laughs> BYU at number four, baby. The Big Ten gets left out. So does the Big 12. Yep. So does the ACC. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Two SEC teams, the Pac-12, and an independent and BYU. BYU. <laughs> All righty, Dan. I've got Bama 1, Oregon 2. Okay. Georgia 3. Okay. And then... Probably a Big Ten team right now. Hmm, Penn State. Penn State. I picked Iowa four, Penn State five, but I think Penn State will be better by the end of the yeah, season. Probably Penn State can actually throw the ball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very important point. So yeah, I've got Bama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State. Okay. All right. I've got Oregon number one. Okay. Okay. Wow. Because yeah. I don't think anybody's going to challenge them at all. All so right. I think they're going to look okay. really impressive all the way through. True. Number two, I got Penn State. Oh. Saint. I think Penn State is going to – they're going to make themselves known when they beat the Buckeyes at the shoe. When they – I'm not very high on my Buckeyes right now, let's <laughs> be honest. Okay. So. I'm not high at all. I'm very mad. Ooh. <laughs> Extremely frustratingly angry and fiery. <laughs> you know, you just go back in time to baby tennis. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. Out of, All right. out of context, but Next. it explains my feelings. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> so Oregon one, Penn State two. Uh, number three, Ole Miss. Okay. Ole Miss is winning okay. the SEC. Oh. Yep. Number four, BYU. BYU. BYU, baby. They figure it out. BYU. We're going to figure out how to play BYU. football for four straight BYU. quarters. BYU. BYU. That would be something. Yeah. Anyway, and then Heisman favorite, Matt Crowell, and... Fresno State's Heiner is dark horse. I think they're 
they're like this. Yeah. Yeah. Just Matt Corral gets more one press. One A, one B. Dan, did you have a Heisman favorite? Uh, Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And then we Tyler Algier. Oh, Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier. <laughs> oh, okay. For the intangibles. <laughs> he had 69 <laughs> rushing yards last week. Nice. Not any running back can do that. Can't say <laughs> no to that. <laughs> now that's a nice Dude, that's game. why he didn't get into the end zone. <laughs> Final drive. Oh, He's like, okay. I'm a 69. I can't get in. Gotta, gotta, gotta stop. Off there. Mm-hmm. Gotta stop there. Who's at 70? He goes, oh, looks like I have to get minus one. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, that about does it for us. Yeah, yeah, that's all the stuff that we have to talk about on today's episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Les Talk, LES, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're super happy to have you guys with us. Please, please, please contact us, interact with us on our Instagram and our Twitter page, at Les Talk Pod. Give us a follow. Heckle us. Banter with us. We want the heckle. We want that smoke. Absolutely, we want that smoke. Yeah, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, please share this episode with your friends if you enjoyed it. Uh, leave a rating, leave a review, and yeah, like, subscribe. I, you can't like on Apple Podcasts, but yeah, subscribe to the podcast, and let's keep booing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>